0: Welcome to 2Deep, Hokies Under the Influence. My name is Pete Berthod, and my co-host is Robbie Dowling. Virginia Tech beat bi-week. Robbie, how you feeling?
1: It was a tough matchup. Uh, I think we won it in the trenches, mostly. I think that's (laughs) pretty much how I felt about it. But no, in all seriousness... Uh, it stunk not to have Virginia Tech football this past weekend, but me and my wife went into the city and we watched all the other games and, uh, strangely it put all my focus on watching everything else instead of just watching Virginia Tech. So, um, we get 2 bye bi-weeks this year, I guess. Yeah.
0: I mean, let's look on the bright side and give a little rest to the guys, a little extra time to prepare. Uh, why don't you give us a cheers and we'll get started off right here.
1: Yeah, we're going to take a little uh, different spin on the cheers uh, this week in a, uh, a positive note. So um, Mehul Sangani is a, uh, a guy that when, when work life crosses over to Virginia Tech life, it always makes me happy. Um, him and um, his CEO, Bob McCord, are people that I've known from the government contracting industry for a while now. And it was announced that uh, he, as well as this, you know, it's probably coming with him and his company, um, Octo Consulting, are matching donations on the Drive for 25 Day, the 25-hour fundraiser, up to 250 k uh, matching. So I sent him a note earlier today and just said, you know, appreciate what you're doing for the program, the donations, and trying to help. Um, you know, the football program and really sports programs in general at Virginia Tech. And he responded back and said, you know, we need to we need to increase donations. We need to do more for the program. There's big time schools that have huge donors. So he's just trying to contribute his part. So I thought that was a a really nice gesture on his his part and could really kick off this uh, drive for 25 day in a uh, a positive note. So uh, I hope it uh, goes well. Cheers to him, man.
0: On that same note, we just signed up to be Drive for 25 Ambassadors. Is that right? We were just talking about it before the podcast.
1: Yeah, I've been looking at this, and uh, I was trying to research more about it. And we are signed up as being ambassadors as of uh, 10 minutes ago So for this (laughs) Drive for 25 day. So we got a whole bunch of links and stuff, and we're going to try and do our part
0: to help Uh, pumped us and you know for sure we'll be tweeting out the links and i guess posting them wherever we can one week from today today is the 18th we are recording on the night of the 18th so the 25th to the 26th is when the drive for 25 is taking place
1: yeah if you can donate anything and uh, if you can use our link then you know awesome that would be uh nice uh and you know, we want to you know let Virginia Tech know that from our podcast perspective, we are out there trying to uh, raise donations because it's um, it's important to you know be the big time program that we all hope for.
0: Let's move on to some news and notes. We got Virginia Tech at number ten in the coaches poll. Now, me and you are not huge into the coaches poll, but just seeing us at that ten mark, I thought was a little surreal. Um, especially with the way Florida State has played since our matchup. Uh, I love it. I love being a top-10 team. We can say we're a top-10 team in one of the two major polls. But in the AP, we are still locked into that 13 spot. There's a lot of upheaval in the top 10, and I guess just a couple spots ahead of us. But we remain at 13. Notre Dame is still number 8. Miami is still at 21. But BC entered the rankings after their win against Wake Forest. They're number 23. And Duke is in the receiving votes. And I I think they should probably be at least 25. They are number 28th if you go into the receiving votes. So a lot of ACC teams and then one of our other opponents in Notre Dame all in there. Those are going to be four tough matchups coming up.
1: Yeah, BC has found an offense, and it's a good one. It's pretty incredible. Uh and there was a yeah you know, I think it was Cover Two uh, podcast might have been on podcasting, played nobody and it was Godfrey but they said you know we're kind of tired of not having an offense and then right at the end of last year uh, they were like yeah we're gonna have an offense now that's basically what we're gonna do and they have they've turned it on that makes them yeah. a scary team because um, the Adazio dudes joke uh, is is for real they got they got tough players and if they can add a you know um, even. People were worried about them adding just some form of offense, and now it looks like a pretty efficient one. So BC has really impressed me.
0: Yeah, they found their identity towards the end of last year, and now the quarterback, Anthony Brown, seems to have turned a corner. I'll give Scott Leffler credit. We've made plenty of jokes at his expense, and it was not pretty a couple years ago on offense for them. But it seems like they're hitting their stride. We get them a little later in the season. The game is November 3rd when we play BC. They weren't a deep team, so we'll see if they can survive You know the war of attrition that is the season. But right now, they look pretty good. they got to go to Purdue this week. We're going to pick that game later against the spread. But Purdue doesn't look so good, so it should be another win for BC, but we'll see. The other rankings for Virginia Tech, we were 15th in the Sagarin ratings this week, 15th in the Massey composite, which puts together, I think, up to 70 rankings. Right now it's like at 60, and we're 15th in that composite. 21 in the Pro Football Focus poll, which I just sent you. I didn't know they did a poll, but that's a completely unbiased third party. So I kind of like the fact that a organization that goes deep into the stats is putting out a poll. I kind of love that.
1: Yeah, Pro Football Focus is great because they, they always do the player reviews and you know they they rank everybody offensive linemen they were always high on White Teller um and what he was doing on the offense. They love they Cam
0: Phillips too. Yep. Like yeah. there was they go into the deep efficiency stuff. Yeah,
1: and I don't even know how they can afford to do that because they cover so much in every game and every player, but um it's it's cool to see that they're putting out um rankings. I don't know how long it's been either, but uh it was cool to see.
0: And then the last ranking I have is we are still forty-first in the S and P Plus, hoping that will move up, but it's probably going to take a couple of weeks still because ODU is not going to help our ranking unless we really go out and slaughter them. Um, that might speak to some of the issues we do have still. Uh, I'm not sure that ranking is completely just, but. You know, take all of them and throw them together. We're a top twenty, right on that twenty twenty one mark probably team right now. The coaches pull is at one end and then you got the S P plus at the other end.
1: Yeah, and and Bill C has come for he said repeatedly if you listen to podcasting and play nobody that uh, or PPN that it's not perfect right now. It takes it takes about five to six weeks for it to start looking like you would expect it to. Not at the top end. Right, like you know, you know Georgia's going to be up there. You know Ohio State's going to be up there. They're fishing Alabama, Um, but when you get like beyond like the top seven or eight, it starts to
0: look a little funky, just depending on what's happening. So you said you and the wife went in the city, watched some games last weekend with no VT. I went to Delaware Park, the local casino. Uh, and watch games with my uncle. And Delaware Park recently, one of the states that has adopted the sports betting right after the the federal ruling came down. And we had a blast. we were he's a Penn Stater, so we were watching Penn State, Kent State, and Penn State was just bombing them. I mean, over and over again, they they throttled them. And on the other TV was Florida State, Syracuse. And since Virginia Tech had no game this past weekend, we should cover some of the games. Uh, just from last weekend before we get into ODU and let's start with that Florida state Syracuse game because man, how bad did Florida state look yet again?
1: Yeah, it's been covered uh, at, at nauseam almost to this point, but the O line is absolutely atrocious. Uh, it's, and you know, people are calling it, um, you know, one of the worst O lines for a team of a caliber of FSU that yeah. they've ever seen. And the the problem I think that uh, a lot of the experts have kind of hit on pretty well is O line is not something you fix overnight. <laughs> Virginia Tech knows this, don't we? Because yeah. we've been dealing with O line problems. We've been recovering
0: from Kurt Newsom for <laughs> quite yeah. some time.
1: Yeah, it is not an overnight fix. And um, you know, people were saying that they they look confused. There's just miss assi- assignments. There's it, it's just all over the place.
0: So um you know congrats to deandre francois turning his back on the one guy trying to pull him up oh yeah. man that was ugly yeah there he's
1: i mean he's he should be upset i mean some of it is just a lack of talent some of it's a lack of coaching but there's also a lack of effort that i think is starting to show up there and that's a problem like that is not okay for a qb when you're just putting him out there and he's just going to get rocked so sucks for him but Uh, you know, good for Syracuse. It's
0: a, it's a, it's a good win. It's good for, for those, those guys. And, and on the other side of that coin, if you want to make the case and play devil's advocate for Florida state, this is not the easiest start to the season they could have ever had. You get a tough Virginia tech team. Then you have to play Sanford while FCS, they are a top 10 FCS team, very good, solid team on five days rest. And then they have to go to the freaking Carrier dome, which we know is a house of horrors. So, I don't think the season is over for Florida State. Uh, you got people who wear the FSU underwear and Danny Cannell putting out videos saying don't quit on this team, you know, don't hate on the kids and this and that. And I I kind of agree with some of that. I do. They're playing Northern Illinois this week. Let's, <laughs> hopefully they can regroup. We want them to be as good as possible because right now that looks like a great, or looked like a great win. It's starting to diminish. The shine is already off of it. Let's let Florida State regroup and hopefully have a good season for our sake.
1: Yeah, it's uh, if anybody's holding resentment against Florida State, I don't know what it would be, right? You know, that's (laughs) that's not really a rivalry game for for us. We if they can perform well for the rest of the season, that only you know suits us better. Uh, Danny Canal did not do any favors by the Virginia Tech program with his comments about some of the things. So. Uh, I'm going at it with Andy Bitter. Yeah. So (laughs) that was pretty funny. actually. (laughs) It was it was amusing uh, to see that. And, you know, him talking down to Andy Bitter and Andy Bitter just like chirp back at him. But in any case, um, you know, I I, I do agree. I think it's going to take time to develop. I don't know whether it's what it's going to end up looking like, um, but it's going to take time.
0: Another one of our ACC foes, Miami. They really controlled Toledo, and last year they got off to a rough start against Toledo and ended up having a good second half. They were pretty much the whole time in control of that game this year in the Glass Bowl, which you don't often see a, a big Power 5 team program like Miami going to play at Toledo. And they did, and they still you know, cover the spread and played pretty well
1: yeah i thought that was uh, a good game i think everybody was i mean it was on the schedule but nobody really realized it until i think they were headed there that were like miami is going (laughs) because they had
0: lsu first like kind of distracting from it
1: (laughs) yeah and then everybody was like wait miami's going to toledo and gonna play there uh (laughs) who's so weird who signed them up for that uh but no a good game miami's um i i don't want to take too much from that game but it looked like they had things more figured out than um they did earlier on uh against lsu obviously the caliber of, of of team that you're playing is different but Toledo's not it's a good program i mean that's not a that's
0: not a you know pushover no and to further miami's credit look what lsu just did to auburn i know auburn again controlled that game but lsu came out of auburn with the victory you know yeah. on the road and so now all of a sudden you're like well holy shit if lsu is actually for real then that opening loss you know for miami maybe miami's still pretty good you know
1: yeah i'm a little bit i'm still suspicious of the quarterback situation at miami i i just i don't know if i'm gonna get on board there until i see something really game changing from uh from him
0: so we'll we'll see what ends up uh playing out over the next few weeks Notre Dame, somewhat unimpressive yet again. Now Vandy is not going to get enough credit for how good they are, and in the SEC East, which is kind of a very strange division, have has an elite elite team, and then it's just like who's number two. Yep. You know, we we've heard it on multiple podcasts of like we don't know who the second best team in that conference is or that division. It could be Kentucky, it could be Missouri, it could be Vandy. I mean, they Florida, who knows? So Vandy going up there and giving them hell, I, uh, I'm not terribly surprised by that. But at the same time, if you're a top 10 team and you're playing an unranked opponent, it looks bad on Notre Dame's part not to put him down a little bit.
1: No, I, I agree. I think the rankings right now are a little bit skewed just because, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit today. There's just not that many great teams. So, you know, is Virginia Tech really a top 10 team right now in any other year? But, and I know it's coaches poll versus AP in the wet 13, yeah. but probably not. It, it, this is a tough year. People, there are five extremely, well, there's four very good, very, very, very good teams. One, absolutely elite team that I think could beat up on the Browns right now. And that's, that's, and then everybody else is just kind of, uh, so people are just going to, it's going to be one of those seasons where everybody just keeps rising up, you know, until they take, you know, that loss, and then they'll fall back down. And it's just a matter of whether you lost or won that week, not necessarily whether you're number 12
0: or number nine or
1: whatever the case
0: may be. I was impressed with Duke going down into Baylor and coming away with that victory. We picked that game last week on the podcast and both of us were on Duke. The Baylor getting seven at one point um, or seven point favorites that didn't make any sense. It did end up coming down to about 5. I freaking took Duke on the money line last week and it worked out well. And they took a kind of a commanding lead and then Baylor started to chip away. Um Duke's going to be tough, man. I've been I was saying it all summer. I've been scared of that game in Durham in 2 weeks. I like the fact that we got a little bit of time off and maybe a little film study for the coaches in advance of that but man they look pretty good even without jones
1: yeah and you know i have a i have a we've a Reddit a page that uh we post picks to that we you know we're actually betting on we do nfl and we do college football and somebody said i you mentioned it and then i added duke to my picks for for this week after thinking about it And somebody responded and it's like half their team is out and they don't have Jones. How can you possibly go with Duke? And I just said, it's Cutcliffe, man. You just, you don't, you don't doubt, you don't doubt the cut. I mean, no. He, he just knows how to, how to coach and he's turned that program. I mean, it's remarkable what he's done uh, there. And, uh, you know, you never want to be
0: on the other side of a, of a line against Cutcliffe. And Baylor's come a long way, I think, from the depths, but they still got a long way to go. And we both said that as well. BYU took down Wisconsin. That was so sweet to watch one of those top 10 teams go down. And it's unusual for Wisconsin to lose one of those out-of-conference games. They they just seem to always take care of their business. Jeff Grimes, our old offensive line coach, is the offensive coordinator for those BYU Cougars. Impressive game by him.
1: Yeah, they look tough. And uh, a lot of people have commented that they – they played Wisconsin style football. It wasn't what you would normally see from BYU. And um the stats of like Wisconsin in home games and Camp Randall and what they've done is impressive. I can't recall like when it was that somebody came in out of conference and won against them, but it's it's been a while and that's a that's a tough loss. I mean, some people had them predicted fifth in the nation when this season started. So I know, and I I have no no hard feelings against you know Wisconsin. I think that's an awesome program. I, you know, yeah. I love their fans, everything about them. So I know it's a tough loss for them. Um, and you know that's you know it sucks to have your season derail that quickly. Uh, they could still win out and have a shot at it, but to have BYU come in and you know get that W, I I I didn't see that coming. I don't know if you had no. any idea.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. And I always viewed Wisconsin kind of like us and Michigan state, like those non blue bloods that like to try to peck away over long stretches of time under a one coach, you know, and Paul Crist has it going up there. No doubt about it. Their season doesn't get any easier though. <laughs> they still got to play Penn state. They got to play Michigan. Obviously a big 10 championship game. if They should win that division. Although Iowa, isn't that this weekend?
1: I think that's coming up. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know i think iowa only has um one of their they only have one crossover i think that's tough and i can't remember if it's penn state or if it's michigan it might be just penn state um so uh, iowa might be looking okay now and um yeah, that might be the only it'd probably be between those two teams
0: yeah that's this weekend and uh wisconsin is a three-point favorite over iowa currently so it's uh it's gonna be interesting for them i'll give a couple more games and you could just Pick the ones you want to react to. Boise coming up short against OK State, and OK State looking pretty impressive. We had Bama, just my God, against Ole Miss. That was a dismembering. Texas took down USC pretty easily. It looks like USC sucks pretty bad. And Herm Edwards got only one week to appreciate that win against Michigan State. do you have any thoughts from those groups of games? I don't really care about the Herm
1: Edwards situation. Uh, Texas, good. You won. Congrats. You, Your both programs suck. So uh, <laughs> get your stuff together. You both have more money than you can possibly work. Better recruits than anybody. The, the fact that you can't win there... Is an utter atrocity to coaching. Uh you know, imagine sticking Bud Foster in either of those programs and what he could do with that level of talent. Uh and then Alabama is uh they Ooh. might they're actually an NFL team. Uh, like I'm like uh and I'm not like you know shooting the moon on this. They I think they could give an honest run at like uh, the worst to the Buffalo NFL Bills. Team. Yeah, to the Bills. <laughs> that, and that's not a joke. Like Tua is amazing. That QB is utterly, um, like, he is so good. And I know really everybody's is. been singing his praises, but he deserves all of it. He's, he's going to win the Heisman. I cannot foresee a way
0: that he doesn't win the Heisman this year. It's incredible. They're playing Texas A&M, a ranked Texas A&M team this week. They are 27-point favorites. We're going to pick it a little later, but that just gives you an idea of what Vegas – Think how high they have to put that line to get people to even try to take AM and what 62 to seven against Ole Miss, a division rival on the road, are you kidding? I mean you took Alabama and I responded
1: it was 23 and a half and I was like questioning it and I look like an idiot but because I, <laughs> I mean they dismantled on the road a team that and it has been pretty good and been like a thorn in their side. It was, a, it was, they're, they're reaching obnoxious levels. The only thing that's going to take Alabama down is like a USC type issue that happens because right. they're recruiting at a level that is unprecedented in college football. And that includes the years of USC, like they are, their talent is off the charts.
0: Right. Because when you add up the championships, it's not even close and Bama is going to be in contention for the next three to four to five years, at least they so could play it, their the,
1: third string and win every game except Georgia for the rest of the year. Um, I, I honestly believe that, and it's, I hate. I hate possible. Al, yeah, I hate Alabama. Believe it. I don't like saying that, but they could. I think they could play their third string and win every game except, except Georgia.
0: And the last game I want to talk about before we take a beer break is Ohio State's impressive rally against TCU. TCU impressive in their own right and the speed that was on display and the catches those receivers were making for TCU was pretty unreal, an entertaining game. I mean, that game was awesome. Yeah. I,
1: I, I hear you. I also, the rally was also self-inflicted in some respects, right? Like they had the shuttle pass that was thrown right into the arms and that went for a touchdown. Um, that shuttle pass doesn't happen. Um, TCU wins that game. I mean, absolutely. And I I, I honestly believe that. TCU looked really, really good. Dwayne Haskins is, if there's going to be a runner-up for the Heisman, it's going to be him. I mean, his passing ability looks beautiful. I mean, his passes are on point. But they went up against that. I walked away from that game thinking man tcu is a really impressive program that's that was my take i knew how good ohio state was but i walked away saying man tcu really gave
0: them a gave them a run dwayne haskins numbers and play weren't looking that good though until that tunnel screen yeah and then all of a sudden it took off i mean that was the momentum changer yeah they they did get some other uh, lucky-ish touchdowns in the game including that shuttle pass and then the um with the defensive player and being on the line and maybe being out of bounds. But still, that Ohio State team is a team to be reckoned with. I still don't think they're anywhere close to Alabama. Yeah. I think it's like Bama, then second tier, you've got Clemson, you've got Ohio State, you've got Georgia. Yeah. Penn State, maybe, you know, and then yeah. go on down the line.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you're going up against Gary Patterson. Let's let's be I mean, he is a uh, he he is well known as you know a, a very very good defensive coach. So you know I think that is that's part of it as well. So um, that's you know I agree with you though that it's I I would put um, I would just move kind of Penn State out of that grouping and then I would just you know I would probably go you know one Alabama two the other three schools and then go Penn State.
0: Yeah, we'll find out in a couple of weeks when Ohio State plays Penn State the same day. We play Duke, uh, September 29th. That's going to be a pretty good game. Let's do a beer break before we get into ODU. Robbie, what are you drinking? So uh,
1: my mom just took a trip, and I am drinking. Uh, she came back with the Cape May IPA. Um, yeah, the, it's <laughs> it all oh, rhymes. Yeah, New it, all, it all rhymes. This is, uh, yep, New Jersey Proud. Um, it's an American IPA. Uh, it is, it's good. Let's just say that, um, they're not going to be setting any records in Cape May, uh, for their beers anytime soon, but I would say it is a good balanced, kind of refreshing summertime beachy IPA, not much flavor, a little bit watered down, nothing, nothing bad about it. There's just nothing remarkable about it, but, uh, it's out of, uh, New Jersey, so
0: I've had that beer. Uh, I've never been to the Cape May Brewery, and I can't remember if I had that beer on the podcast or not, but I've definitely had that beer, and I, I would agree with your assessment. It's it's just, like, fine. Yeah. But on the beach, hot weather, it would go down pretty smooth. I'm drinking the Polliner. That's right, folks. Another Oktoberfest. <laughs> We're getting through September. This is going to be here. a common theme, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is the Oktoberfest Marzen from Polliner, right from Munich, Germany. And this one, unlike the American ones, is much more crisp. It's still got that dark amber color. Not as dark as some of the American Oktoberfests, but it's just much lighter and much more like beer garden-y feel to it than you would get from an American. 5.8% alcohol, the Pauliner Oktoberfest Marzen. This is really, honestly, it's probably the best one I've had so far this season. It's excellent. Old Dominion is up next for the Hokies. And this one is in Norfolk. That's right. We are going to Old Dominion to play a football game. Seems like the team is pretty excited to head to the 757. And in general, it's pretty historic just for the fact that it's the first game between Tech and ODU there. And a big time team, a top 15 team going to play in a Conference USA stadium. It's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, those tickets are pretty cheap, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean they got up there yeah what were they like at one point 250 like 200, bucks? And
0: 200 some dollars yeah
1: yeah and I think one of the players actually mentioned it that they were pretty pricey and he was having a couple friends come and, and watch you, I know a lot of people are not excited about us traveling there and going to the game I think it's actually pretty exciting and seeing the excitement from the players of going back we have a lot of players that are from the 757 and they're pretty pumped to go down there and have their family come see some of their family doesn't get to travel that often for games and come you know come watch the and play so call it what it is but i think it's actually kind of cool just for them to get back into their old stomping grounds for some of the players and i know that's a lot of people that really didn't like us going on the road to ODU, but I'll I'll take it because it's, it's nice for some of the players.
0: We owe a lot of our success to that area, particularly in the early days of Virginia Tech when they were coming up under Beamer. And it's kind of a celebration of Virginia football in a way to go back there and play a game. So in that respect, it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, what should be kind of a historic matchup and maybe even a pretty good football game doesn't look like it's going to be like that anymore. Old Dominion is off to their worst start in school history at 0-3. Keep in mind, Bobby Wilder, the coach, started ODU from scratch in 2007, so it's not exactly a long history, but they've been very successful since their inception, probably because of the proximity to all that talent. But they have just had a dreadful start, and it's not like they've been playing good teams. They've lost to Liberty, they lost to FIU, and most recently they lost to Charlotte. None of those teams are good, and all in the very, very end of FBS. I think Liberty just moved up, and they beat them like 51 to something. So, 52-10
1: was what they got <laughs> yeah.
0: beat The other games, uh, and I know
1: they're not good teams, but the other games were 28-20, and Charlotte was 28-25. They really should have won that Charlotte game, and I'm not saying that they— but they should have won that game. I think SP in the five, uh, their box score said that they would generally win that game more often than not. But they got trounced by Liberty uh, yeah. pretty
0: early. So that, that didn't look good. I'm not really sure what's going on with them because both of us were a little bit bullish on them over the summer. And they had a lot of experience coming back. If you go to Phil Steele, they were the 17th most experienced team in FBS coming back into this year and had the 22nd most offensive line starts out of 130 teams. So you would think that they're at least going to make some noise in Conference USA, maybe not beat everyone on their schedule or anything, or like maybe still lose to us by a TD or so, but it has been unexpectedly bad. I'm not sure if they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I don't think that they are. I just think they've got a young quarterback and they're mixing in some new pieces on D and it's not going well.
1: They brought a lot back on O-line. Their D-line was one of the most experienced in Conference USA. Uh their D- defensive backs were all returning. There was a ton of experience coming back. So um you know, we'll get into our thoughts on them, you know, as a as a as a program, but you know, it's been unexpected how bad they've 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 been thus yeah. far. I did not see it coming to to this, and it doesn't look like it's a lot of injuries. It just looks
0: like ugly. Right? <laughs> the schedule is only getting tougher too because they have us. Then they have to play FAU and Lane Kiffin, and they have to play Marshall. And Marshall was, I think, picked to win the division. So. It's not an easy road. I don't know how many wins they're going to end up with. They have rice at the end of the year, so maybe there's something there. I do think they'll get better. Wilder is not the type of coach that his team will not improve. They did a similar thing last year. They got off to a rough start, had a lot of injuries, and they really picked it up towards the end of the season. I'm thinking they're going to right the ship. I don't think it's going to happen this week. Just to give you the final lay of the land on them, in Sagarin, they're 180. William and Mary is 187. so <laughs> We just beat William and Mary 62 to 17 and they're within 10 spots of them in the Sagarin ratings. On the S&P Plus, they're 111. Obviously that only goes up to 130. And they, the were, they were
1: 121 and so they moved up 10 spots.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's be, yeah because of that Charlotte game, they they really should have won based on the statistics. The Massey composite has them at 126th out of 130. And the Kali Matrix, which adds in some of the FCS teams, has them at 150. So again, beyond some of the FCS teams. Like, make no mistake, Sanford and NCANT and and JMU are all way better than ODU right now. Oh, yeah, much better. And, you know,
1: FPI, the ESPN-FPI, because S&P, I don't think, does offense and defense rankings until week five or something along those lines. They yeah. don't release it. FPI does it all the way from you know week one, they have their offense at 109 and their defense at 118. So it's not one side or the other. Yeah. It's both. And the FPI has them projected at two to three wins. It's like 2.68 wins this year. Um, and they're getting, I, I, I sent this out earlier, and then we'll get into the de- details of the per. but they're getting outscored 67 to 13 in the third and fourth quarter. Sixty-seven to thirteen, Ooh. which is
0: incredible. So and they're starting well.
1: They're starting well. They they're finish. outscoring. It's forty-two, forty-one in the first in the second quarter combined. Um, but and, and that generally tells me that this, you know, y- you can kind of keep up, and you know the the lightweight can punch for a little bit, but gets tired out, and they just don't have the depth to compete with the programs that they're facing and they don't they can't they can't keep it up for quarters whatsoever
0: they're going to be so amped for this game too that i'm wondering if we'll see something very similar to that where maybe they get an early turnover like a fumble and they take it to the house or get a few stops on d early and then maybe it's a tie game going into the second quarter but as it goes on as it normally does against the inferior teams we should be able to flex our muscle and put a hurting on him. Yep. Steven Williams is the quarterback. He was the kid that was 17 years old last year when he came to Lane, making his first career start. Pretty much worst-case scenario if you're in his shoes. And it didn't go well for him. He was making improvements last year. He didn't have an interception in his last four games and had four TDs in those games. But he has been bad so far in 2018. 51% completion percentage two TDs, two interceptions, a 39.7 QBR, which is actually an improvement over last year, but still really bad. He can run a little bit. He's about four yards per carry this year, just under, and a TD on the ground, but it's just not going to happen for him in this game. And so I don't know how how much our statistical analysis is really a factor of anything. I, I, I don't necessarily feel bad for him. I think he has improved. It's just that the team as a whole, they're not cohesive right now.
1: No, I agree with that. And they're they're only converting 28% on third down. Opponents against them are converting at 46%. That, that is I mean, that's just yeah. tough sledding if you're going to be trying to 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 put together a game on that. I feel a little bit bad for him. The two interceptions were were both in that Charlotte game. It was pretty good coverage. I actually watched the replay of both end of the interceptions. There was pretty good coverage on him, so I don't know if it was all his his fault. But I can't imagine that he's going to have a good day this this weekend. It could be yeah. it could be rough, and um, and it, it seems like he's going to have um, you know have a tough one.
0: Now I will say, similar to Women Mary, they've got a few guys like Deadman on Women Mary that could get behind our defense, and we have that seventy-five yard play again. And Jeremy Cox was the guy I would have pegged before the season, but they've shaken up the depth chart a little bit these last couple of weeks because guys aren't playing well. So Lala Davis is now the starting running back for this game. He had ten rushes for sixty-three yards and two touchdowns against Charlotte, and the wide receiver. I think it's Dunhart in particular. Yeah. I'm worried about. Yeah, twenty something average on the catches. Yeah, he's he's well. It, it's been interesting. So
1: they're playing. Teams are nearly doubling up their rushing yards against them. So they have 345 on the year. I think the opponents have uh, almost 600. Um, so and but yeah, they. I thought it was going to be Jeremy Cox. He's has 32 carries for 123 yards. Not great. Lalo Davis is 10 for 63 and two touchdowns, just like you mentioned. Um, Jonathan Duhart, has he has kind of the big play threat, 17 for receptions for 360, but he also had one of those, which was like an 86-yard reception, which brings down the average a little bit, but he does have three TDs. He wasn't even on our radar. Right. I didn't even, when I went through the depth chart before we started the season, his name didn't even
0: pop up. and uh, his- I think he might have been hurt last year or something. Yeah. Because I think he's a senior and like missed the whole season with an injury. Yeah. Uh, the O-line, we said, was experienced. And they are 43rd in tackles for loss allowed, which I think if you went by any offensive category, that's by far the best category. It's just that they're not letting people in their backfield. So they've got that going for them. They've only given up a couple sacks on Steven Williams. So I don't know what to make. I mean, they're a better running team because Williams can run, because they have a couple weapons at running back. But it's not anything dangerous. I would expect our linebackers in D-line to suffocate that pretty well and put a lot of pressure on Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's move over to defense and just get that out of the way. We'll give our overall thoughts. There's only really two players on this defense I think are worth mentioning. Can you guess who they are? <laughs> only one of which I can pronounce.
1: So uh, <laughs> uh, no, oh, oh, Shane.
0: How do you even? Do you, have you have you looked this it, up? I haven't so. looked up a phonetic spelling, but I'm guessing it's the it mines. It means. Uh, Like, do you pronounce the X? It's X-I-M-I-N-E-S. So is it it O'Shane Exemes or Imines? I'm not sure. But he's the only player on the team with sacks. He's got two sacks. Or wait, three sacks. Three sacks and three QB (laughs) hurries. Um,
1: And that's the whole team. The entire team has that many. Uh, it's, It's pretty
0: incredible. They're 105th in yards per play, 101st in tackles for loss. 107 in sacks with those three, and 95th in defensive S P plus. It's bad. It's pretty bad. But the other guy is Lawrence Garner, and this guy is putting up Luke keekley numbers at the Mike Linebacker position. He's averaging 14 tackles per game. That is the most in the nation. Yeah, he looks really, really good. And
1: um, he wasn't really on my radar either. I mean, most people were talking about, you know, Whatever, Sean Carter, and there were some other names that we had. Marvin but, Branch. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's really been uh, out there leading the team in tackles. Um, has QBRs. Uh, he looks very, very talented. So it's, it's pretty incredible. He's on pace for, I mean, what what would that put you at? He's at what,
0: 42 tackles? Yeah. So, 12 <laughs> times 14. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's up there, man. It's like 160, <laughs> 70 tackles or something. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, I actually had to look into him because I was just so blown away by these tackle numbers. He's from New Jersey and in his senior year of high school, he tore his ankle like practically off. Like the bone came through the skin and he had to have all these surgeries, whatever. He was just a three-star recruit goes to ODU, has to have another surgery to clean it up. Branch gets hurt. So he starts week one against Liberty has 11 tackles. Then he had, 16 tackles against FIU. <laughs> then he had 15 tackles against Charlotte. He's just blown up. He's only a sophomore. He wasn't even supposed to be starting. I think Branch was the leading tackler last year. Yeah. And he's just stepped right in and taken that role right from him.
1: It's nothing to take away from him because I don't like doing that, but... I think it also speaks to how bad the rest of the defense is playing that he's having to overcome. I think he's extremely talented and has a a huge future ahead of him and is already starting to get visibility like all the way up. Um but it's also because he's had to, right? Like he has the talent to kind of keep this defense from not being absolutely atrocious yeah. um between it's basically between him and uh and <laughs> and and O'Shane
0: yeah yeah those are the only two stars carter you mentioned yeah he could he was pretty good tackler last season i think he might have been up there as well last year so whatever the defense has not played well but garner and azim's and have played well they don't have a pass rush they give up a lot of big plays they're 116th in plays of 30 plus yards giving up so there, there's quite a few um I don't know. Their special teams talent is probably the best from an SP perspective. Like they have the best ranking in that as opposed to their offensive defense. So let's hang their hat on the 69th best special teams in the country for, uh, mm. for old ODU. Nice. I think we'll neutralize their run. Like I said, put a lot of pressure on, on Williams. I hope our offense doesn't fall victim to that slow start that we used to have so far this year, FSU, William and Mary, we came out firing pretty much went right down the field in both games. So let's do that again. It's a very nice departure from last year when we were like, why are we starting so slow? I don't understand this.
1: I Uh, totally agree with that.
0: Yeah. Get Josh comfortable.
1: What are your thoughts on? So my, mine was, do you think, and I I put out the tweet earlier about the the stats and what happens in the third and fourth quarter. I think that, you know, obviously coaches are going to you know look at that and, do you think because I can't find it anywhere online? Do you think Quincy Patterson is going to travel and whether he would see the field? Because Fuente said that he wanted to get QP out there just to. And I'm, this isn't like who's going to be a starter, but you know I want to see him in like live action because why not? I mean, yeah. it's the red shirt rule. You might as well take advantage of it. Uh, I feel like you would take a spot and have him travel for for this. This is your best opportunity to have him just see kind of live action on the field.
0: I don't have a good answer. I'm not sure. I think if QP was from the seven five seven, he would absolutely play in this game late if we were up, you know, by a few touchdowns. I don't think he's gonna play. Hmm. That's just. I, I hope that he gets a snap or two. Like you said, it doesn't hurt anyone. Um, it's a waste because he's redshirting
1: anyway. So like you're, right. it's literally a waste not to have him see the field because he's going to redshirt anyway. You get a freebie of four games,
0: and it, it's not like I don't know what the dress rule and travel rules are though because I don't think he traveled to Florida State and like I don't know what the number is. So yeah, I I, I just have no idea.
1: I always thought it was like fifty six or something. It, it was something like along those lines for travel versus what you have at home, but i'm probably just making that up i always thought it was around there i i think it would be worth it if there's a game that you could put them out there this that we have left for the rest of the season this is it that's a good point yeah this is yeah. it i mean after that we're we're about to hop into acc play and even notre dame may not be an acc game but it's huge um for for
0: our national um you know for on a, on a spotlight kind
1: of situation
0: Well, to finish the thought just on the game before we get into making a pick or anything, I'm really hoping to see another sharp game from Josh Jackson. That would make me feel really good. They've got inexperienced corners, but Sean Carter and Justice Davila, they're they're multiple-year returning starters. So if he's able to work them a little bit, that's nothing to sneeze at. I don't know if – Fuentes going to want to put the pedal down to show off to the seven five seven and the recruits and whatnot, or he's going to want to ease off because of the respect for Wilder. I don't know which way it's going to go. Uh,
1: you know, over time and as we've done this podcast, I, I don't, I don't look at it as like the respect anymore in terms of putting the pedal down. Uh, and Clemson, I think more than anybody, Clemson loves putting the pedal down and just kind of taking it right to the end. And coaches generally like Dabo. I don't think it's as personal as, you know, we all make it out to be that you kind of take it off because, uh, it's, a, it's a game. Like you're supposed to win. You're supposed to get out there. And I, I think quite, quite honestly, I think we're going to go deep on them quite, quite a lot. I think there's <laughs> going to be a lot of long passes here if for touchdowns. I don't know what we'll win by, but, I don't think this is we're gonna play this game soft. After two weeks of rest and just ready to go, go to town on uh, ODU. I see us going deep uh, on a lot of passes and Josh Jackson having a hell of a day.
0: I think Pat Narduzzi takes running up the score personally. <laughs> that is true. That would, and James Franklin is a true asshole, so I understand that. But it was uh, I still love that. You know what I was thinking about the ECU game and the rescheduling? They they commented on that this week and that they're trying to work on something to get it rescheduled. Obviously, it looks extremely unlikely, but I did think about the idea if we don't play in the ACC title game, could you play it that weekend? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to play. <laughs> no. Well,
1: hell, I could go to the that game. I, I was mad. I was supposed to be at the ECU mm-hmm. game, so... I think I could go to that and you know use my tickets that I paid money for. That would be awesome. But I, I just don't know that that's going to happen. And quite yeah. quite honestly, and not to be that way, I'm not 100% sure that we're not going to be in the ACC title game. Miami looks... At, and that's not like getting ahead no, of the No, I agree. It
0: was just an if we're not in it. But yeah, mm. we have a chance. We definitely have a chance. Yeah. I would say... Us Miami and Duke all look pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I think any of the three teams could play in there. Georgia Tech really let me down because <laughs> I put money on them against the spread against Pitt. Like they're they're not out of it, but they they were what four and a half point favorites, and they go up to Pitt and get down like twenty one nothing. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Yeah,
1: so I, I don't foresee that game getting rescheduled. Uh, it could happen. I might be you know you know completely off base, but I don't think it's going to get rescheduled. I can't imagine that.
0: All right, let's do one more beer break before we make our picks. Pete, what are you drinking over there? I am having another Oktoberfest. This one's the yinling. So I stayed local and yinling obviously has had a product. We're all very familiar with probably one of the first beers you got drunk on. If you're from the Northeast, this one is not as good as the polliner, but very different closer to the german style in all honesty than some of the other ones i've had uh, than the shiner or even sam adams but not quite as good um yinling oktoberfest 5.8 percent alcohol i was surprised they did it every company is making oktoberfest i swear to god there was like 25 different oktoberfest you could have bought And if you go to our website we've had like 12. We've had like a dozen Oktoberfests on there. At least. Uh, I think that my most favorite I had last year was the Thomas Hooker. That one was really good. I've had Hoffbrau, Uh Great Lakes makes a really good Oktoberfest. We had that a couple seasons ago. But the Yinling Oktoberfest is a solid one. Not great, not bad, but I would drink You know, a few of them. I'm probably going to do that tonight. <laughs> what do you have?
1: Uh, I'm going local as well. Licking Hole Creek. Craft Brewery. I'm drinking their Nine Mile, Licking Hole Creek India, or IPA. <laughs> I almost called it Indiana. I got Indiana <laughs> on my mind, evidently, after, uh, after last week. But uh, it's a Virginia's Farm Brewery, is what they are calling themselves. This is... I've had this a few places on tap. I think they just started canning and getting into Whole Foods, some of the local places that I could buy. It's a Good beer it's you know six and a half percent a very easy drinking IPA has more flavor than you know obviously what I what I just drank with the Cape May I like it it's it's not not something that I would write home about but it's a good balanced IPA and it's pretty Pretty good for. I would think of this as a session, and that's kind of outrageous for a six and a half percenter. But for for me, when I'm drinking like nine and a half, you percent, like those heavy ones. Yeah. yeah, when I'm drinking nine and a half percent doubles, this is a. It's a pretty good beer, and I always like to support you know local beer, so it's good.
0: I just saw a new imperial IPA that I thought you would like. It's the new Victory one. It's called like Mighty. Mighty something like Mighty Pints. or Yes. I'm I'm getting I'm screwing it up I had, I had
1: it last year, it was delicious. It's a good oh, beer. Yeah? yeah. It's it, it oh, they only it, they don't release it all the time. So, it's a it's a very good beer. I just saw it today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, the line for the Virginia Tech ODU game is 27 and a half. Virginia Tech's obviously number 13 playing in Norfolk. 27 and a half. Do you want me to go.
1: Only if you call it Norfolk, because that's what it's supposed to be. True. That's true. That's the, it's like Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Louisville. Um, I'll go first. Uh, and uh, I'm giving my opinion. I'm not jinxing us. I think VT is going to cover. I know that's crazy, yeah. and but the whole point of us doing picks is like, what do I actually think is going to happen objectively? I think we're going to cover the twenty-seven and a half, even though that is
0: four touchdowns and insane what stuns me is that the line for ecu last week was 28 and they had just beaten unc and on paper and by every ranking odu is far worse than ecu and yet the line is less i i know ecu is a home game and everything but i still don't get that I do think we're going to cover this scares me because the last time we both had like this giant spread, and we both picked v t in week three or four, it was Syracuse I know I know i know i I think there's uh, I
1: think Vegas is baking in a look ahead here because we have Duke on the horizon, we have Notre Dame on the horizon, and I tried to factor that in as well. I just with that extra week. I, just, I feel like this team's going to be refreshed. Ricky's going to be back. He's going to be feeling better. I, I just have a lot of uh, high expectations for what this offense is going to do. And I feel terrible yeah, about I'm it. Take,
0: <laughs> I know. I'm going to take VT to cover, and so are you. Moving on. Notre Dame at Wake Forest. Notre Dame is number eight. They're going to Wake. Seven and a half point favorites fighting Irish. I'll go first. I'm going to take Notre Dame, but this is an iffy one because Wake really stuck with BC last week. Now, BC really should have beat them by a ton. You watched a lot of that game, right? Yep. It felt like BC should have won by more.
1: I'm taking Notre Dame. I think this is going to be a 10-point game, so there's not going to be a large margin of victory here,
0: but Notre Dame's going to pull it out by 10 is my is guess. Yeah. Their defense is too good against Sam Hartman. Hartman, I think, will have a good career, but he's still a freshman quarterback, and we saw some of those mistakes last week. The next game is B.C. at Purdue. So 23 B.C., newly ranked, seven-point favorites at Purdue. Purdue sucks. <laughs> Maybe this hits the number on the nose at seven because it's the second straight road game for B.C., but if BC doesn't have the screw-ups like they did last week, the special teams botches against Wake, they would have crushed them. I think they're going to beat Purdue. I mean, Purdue lost to what, Eastern Michigan, and then Missouri. That was a heartbreaker, but they lost at home to Missouri last week. BC is going to win by 21 probably. <laughs> I'm not
1: sure. Ju- I, I honestly think that they could. Listen, you know, I if people say defense travels. Run game travels. And you put. And they got both. And they got both. <laughs> Guess what? This is going to not go well for Purdue. I got BC by a lot. This is, if I had to do my, you know, solid verbal lock of the week, I feel like this one I'm going to be betting heavy on.
0: The next game is Pitt against UNC. This is in Chapel Hill. Pitt is a four-point favorite. Last time UNC was on the field, they lost to ECU by 19. So I cannot pick them <laughs> based on that in this game. I know it's Pitt. I thought Pitt sucked, and then they went out and beat GT. So I got to take Pitt. I'm taking Pitt as well. But
1: this is going to be a funky game. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be weird, and it'll probably You're right. It'll, it's going to be weird. It's going to. I mean, if anybody has a read on these two teams, then hats off to you because I don't have a read on them. After everything that's transpired and Pitt going out and doing that in that game. So I'm taking Pitt, but I am. If if there was an un, not lock of
0: the week, it would be this game because <laughs> it's just so weird. Louisville at Virginia next game. Virginia's a five point favorite at home against Louisville. Who do you got in this game? I'll ask you first. I took UVA. Louisville, uh, Louisville, if you want, uh,
1: has been sneaky trash outside of Lamar Jackson. It, it, have you noticed that? Like, they keep dropping games. They keep them close. UVA almost beat them last, what was it, last year? Did I have that right? That They almost... Uh, they, they did well, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to... UVA's played respectable so far this season. Not great. I'm going to go with with them, I, I, I haven't figured out the Louisville program and what they're doing this year, but it doesn't, nothing really kind of si- signals to me that they're on the, the rebound and doing well.
0: Without Lamar Jackson, they would have been very bad. And I know that's an easy thing to say, but every year removed from Charlie Strong, that defense has gotten worse. And now they don't have a Heisman winner at quarterback. They benched Puma Pass last game. They struggle with Western Kentucky terribly. They got lucky to win that game. UVA keeps covering. I think they've covered every spread so far this year. Perkins has been money in the red zone. This has got UVA. This is is my lock of the week, is UVA minus five.
1: If you go to Reddit, they have a – if you bet your endowment on the spread, and UVA is number – seven or eight in terms of if you you take your endowment bet it against the spread because they've won we're number 16 so we're not doing too bad but you have to bet like the entire like the endowment against the spread it's an That's awesome pretty it's an awesome like a piece to check out but it just goes to say that uva has
0: done well against the spread so far this season next game is clemson at georgia tech clemson's number three and they're 16 and a half point favorites on the road I am going to pick Clemson. It seems like not enough points against a team that just lost to Pitt. But that Clemson-Georgia Tech is an old, old rivalry. Like They have played 82 times, and there has never been a winning streak longer than four games in that series. Clemson is at a three-game winning streak right now. So they can tie the longest winning streak in the series if they win. I... I honestly, Georgia Tech, I've learned my lesson last weekend. Never bet on Georgia Tech. Never bet on them to cover. Never bet on them to not cover. Never do anything with regard to, like, while they have Paul Johnson there, you can't bet on them because they don't make any sense. They don't adhere to normal football philosophies. (laughs) It's. I mean, that's what and I hate when
1: we always go back to this, but that's what the triple option does. It just depends on what the team that they're playing has prepared for and if they've prepared for something that's very very different and not ready for their ground game and not being, you know, efficient in tackling and managing then they get they get burnt i have clemson and i feel horrible about it <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> it is it is not great I, I don't i don't know what to expect because this is the exact type of game where Georgia Tech might like win. like This could be the game that Clemson stubs its toe. I
0: don't know. But I have Clemson because they should cover 16 and a half. We've been the same on every pick so far, but I want to make you feel better about that Clemson pick because they played a triple option team last week in Georgia Southern. That's true. So this is the second week in a row they've been able to play against it. They should be ready to go. Just last year, though, do you know what the margin was in Georgia Tech-Clemson? I have no clue. 14 points. And you know how good they were last year. I so, know. Well, it, they're better this year,
1: I think. I I know it's getting overshadowed by how good Alabama is, but that Clemson team, it, it's pretty good.
0: We're going to pick two games outside the ACC, and the first one is Texas A&M at Alabama. And I, I wanted to do this only because the spread is so large, and both teams are ranked, so really we should be picking it. 27 points. I said in a tweet this week, Bama minus anything until proven otherwise. Uh, I want to stick with that. But it's so hard. Ho- 27 against Texas A&M and Mike Elko? That's the difference, is Elko and Fisher. This is not This is not even someone A&M who's given them problems. This is a real coaching staff. And A&M look, has looked pretty good. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. They have... Um,
1: I'm reversing to my detriment and I'm taking A&M not to come even close but like just to keep it within like 26. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe if there's half points, 25 and a half oh, or 26 man. and a half. I, and I actually have Bama written here but I'm going to take A&M to your point because of Elko. That is actually a great point. And they could they could win by a hundred. I don't know. They they could they're that good. And Tua is that
0: good of a quarterback. I don't feel great about this. Well, if you think about Anm and Kellen Mond can put up twenty one points, that means to cover the spread, Bama needs to score forty eight, right? Yeah. So or that's just to meet the spread. They gotta get forty nine to cover it. Yeah, which they easily could do <laughs> They could, it came up this week on a lot of
1: podcasts the alabama could have scored 90 last week they had yeah, their they yeah. had their third their second and third string in like by like the second quarter so it, it's just it, they're that good and it's it's makes me gag even talking about it all right so to be different
0: and because I tweeted it, I'm going to take Bama minus anything until proven otherwise. Last game, Stanford at Oregon. Stanford is number 7. Oregon is number 20. Stanford only getting two points. Um, They've been really good this year. I expect Stanford to cover that two-point spread for sure. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: I, I totally agree. Bryce, Bryce Love has... You know, he's he hasn't blown the doors off anything, but yeah, I just the Oregon. I know they have what's the defensive uh, lineman that's you know people are trying to pump up for the Heisman, but uh, there's nothing that's really shocked me about what the way they played. I thought the Stanford, um, you know, USC game was pretty definitive in the way that they went and handled business. And I know this is
0: on the road, but I have Stanford covering the 2. Yeah, easy. This this is a lock for me too. If you want to do another lock. This this would be lock number 2 because they've been good as shit. They've got Bryce Love and Arsega Whiteside. Oregon had issues with San Jose State who's awful last week. Yeah. I think San Jose State scored like 20 points on them. Yeah. So, screw it, man. I mean, Stanford is the real deal. And if if you want to take Penn State out of that first group, maybe we should move Stanford in. They're pretty good. Yeah um but i i would agree that like if it seems like georgia and alabama have kind of separated themselves from almost everyone else yeah georgia
1: is disturbingly efficient in the way that they go about things and
0: yeah the yeah
1: the both those teams are and that's a good point i think both of those teams have set themselves up for like a no no doubt they're making the playoff probably again unless something really
0: crazy happens i mean the way alabama took apart two power five teams in louisville and all miss and then you have georgia going into south carolina who was a ranked team in that game only favored by 10 and just destroying like it, it was only close for like a minute and south
1: carolina was like one of the top teams in returning starters it was they were yeah. like top five, I think. If I went back and looked at they it, they were up there in terms of returning starters. So it wasn't like they were just fielding like a bunch of you know new sophomores and you know hadn't seen the field before and dismantled them. Um, what Kirby's doing is he's he's building in Alabama. That's what he's trying yeah. to do, and it's annoying and it's frustrating. But I'd rather see Georgia do it than Alabama at this point.
0: It's the rebellion against the evil empire, man. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) Well, we want everyone to enjoy the game this weekend. We're hoping it's a a coast to an easy victory, similar to William & Mary. It might not be like that. It is a road game that's going to be a little bit of a wild situation. Even though it's only 20,000 seats in Foreman Field, uh, it's going to be a little rowdy, I would imagine. And so we could – be in a little bit of a dogfight for 15 to 18 minutes. Yeah. But I would expect us to come out and and really start kicking butt in the second quarter.
1: This season has been weird. All seasons are weird, so I'm preparing myself for 20 minutes of uh punching myself on the stomach trying to like figure out what what we're doing. Uh but in the end, if we struggle in this game, then it level sets all expectations for the rest of the year because that doesn't look good. This is not going to get any easier for what we're about to walk into with Duke and and Notre Dame on the horizon. So And they had a break. We had a bye week, basically. So uh, we need
0: to be coming in this game full bore. All right. So remember, Drive for 25 is next week on Tuesday into Wednesday, the 25th and the 26th of September. Click on any of the links that we tweet out to donate and – you know, you'll be doing us a favor. You'll be doing tech a favor. It's 2DVT on Twitter, 2DVT on Instagram, 2DVT at gmail.com if you want to email us anything. And rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That also helps us out quite a bit. I think we want to have a guest on next week. We might have um, a friend of ours to go over some of the lines with next week. And then we're trying to also get a guest for notre dame but we'll see how that goes because obviously that's a big game and we'd like to have a good guest for that game but if not you'll be just with the two of us and you can deal (laughs) (laughs) and until next time go Hokies!